Hello and welcome to another International Nightlight Show. This week I'm happy to have with us once again on the program Steve Gilb. He's speaking to us from his home in California. Now, Steve was born blind, but that hasn't slowed him down from serving the Lord as a Bible teacher, motivational writer, songwriter, as well as a faithful personal witness whose testimony has touched the hearts and changed the lives of many. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Steve, great to have you back with us on Nightlight. Really great to be back on the show again. Thank you for having me. And today is going to be something quite different because usually we do an interview with songs or some of my inspirational readings uh, mixed in there. But this time, it's going to be a Bible class. Oh, super. That the Lord inspired me to put together, which I have taught over Zoom a few times. And... um, which is really powerful. Now, I'm not saying that it's powerful because I'm boasting about it, but that I'm saying that walking in the revelations from this class and living them has really proven powerful for me. Super. And this class is called Run With Patience. The the purpose of this class is to help us get past some of the religious teachings that we have had about patience, which are not exactly according to the Bible and help us better understand what patience really is according to the Bible and where it comes from. To start out, would you like to read from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2? Sure. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Absolutely. Beautiful. Now, um, what it's saying here is, um, like Paul is admonishing the Hebrews and now us, he's saying, since we have a great cloud of witnesses, which basically means lots of people around us who are observing our testimony and our conduct as believers, right? we need to lay aside all the weights and sins that are keeping us from running the race. Now, this is a gradual process, and it's an ongoing process that can only be done through the spirit. And it's not an effort of the flesh laying aside the besetting sins and weights that we have. But praise God, he helps us every day with this. Amen. Then it says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, um, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, there's a lot to be taken out of all those verses, really. Like, I love the part where um, Paul is saying that Jesus triumphed through all his suffering on the cross, through all the difficulty that he endured during his time on earth, just by focusing on the joy that he knew lay before him, the joy of triumphing over death and hell and evil 
and um, being set down at the right hand of the throne of God. But the part that I want to focus on most in this class is uh, the part about running with patience. Yes. I'd like to share an outstanding definition of patience that I once heard someone give, which is, okay, patience is defined here as faith that endures over a long period of time. This is the kind of faith that helps us stand firm, persevere, and not give up when we don't immediately see the results we desire. Yes. You know, maybe we're uh, praying for and believing for something like healing or um, could be financial provision, could be anything. This patience or this faith that helps us endure over a long period of time is what helps us persevere. Uh, would you like to read from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31? Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. So the first three verses show God's unlimited eternal patience and endurance, his ability to endure, you know, without, without giving out, despite the limitations and weaknesses of us human beings. Because see, people tend to give up because they can't wait, because they can't endure. But God is ever patient and enduring. Now, I used to apply verse 29 about how he gives power to the faint only to physical healing. And that's good. You know, that's, that's valid. That's a powerful verse. For healing, but I now understand that this is also talking about spiritual power God gives us to endure and not grow weary and faint in our minds. And the last verse, verse 31, shows how effective and powerful patience is and waiting on the Lord is when we put it into practice. All the amazing things we can do through this patience. And now we come upon an important question. Where does patience come from? Now, according to the word, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. We know from Galatians 5.22 that says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And in the King James Version, it says long-suffering. But if you look at the more modern translations, a lot of them uh, translate long-suffering as patience. Now, a lot of religious teaching tells us that patience comes from tribulation and trials and difficulties. And this idea is based on what James says about the trying of our faith working patience. There's also a verse in Romans 5 that says, tribulation worketh patience. But we need to understand that these scriptures are not saying that patience comes from problems. They're saying that problems and tribulations, which are, of course, inevitable, they give us an opportunity 
to exercise patience. You know, because even Jesus says that in the world you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So problems and tribulations give us an opportunity to exercise patience. But patience actually comes from the word of God, from the scripture. Yes.、Uh, would you like to read from Romans chapter 15, verse 4? Romans 15, 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Yes, exactly. You see that? It says, Patience and comfort of the scriptures. So that means that we get patience and comfort from the scriptures, from the word of God. It's not something that, that we work up or something that we get from more suffering. I say this because I used to previously pray, Oh Lord, I'm willing to go through anything you want me to just so I can be made more patient. But since I've come upon this revelation, That patience comes from the word, my perspective has really changed, and I'm quite relieved and much happier and more at peace knowing that I can find or I can strengthen patience through the word of God. So we obtain patience by getting into God's word, which strengthens us so that we can exercise patience when tribulation comes our way. You know, it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And as we said,、um, patience is faith, faith to endure over a long period of time, right? Yes. So now that we know patience is faith to endure over a long period of time, let's look at what it really means to wait on the Lord. Now, this used to be such a difficult verse for me because I thought waiting on the Lord meant just sitting tight. Not doing anything, waiting for God to work. Right. But actually, the Holy Spirit has more recently revealed to me that it's quite the contrary. It doesn't mean just sitting around saying, you know, I've prayed already and it's all up to God, so I'm just going to sit and wait and do nothing while God works. But it actually means this kind of waiting or patience means waiting like a waiter does, always watching. Looking for opportunities to serve, kind of like a waiter in a restaurant who's always going around to the customers at the tables, checking to see if their glasses are empty, if they need more water, if they want more of this or that. You're waiting, you're, you're staying active, you're, you're staying busy, and you're paying attention. It's nightlife. What a delight. Let's look at、uh, Hebrews chapter 6. Verses 11 and 12. Let's check out what Paul admonishes us here. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that he be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Exactly. Thank you. So it's saying here to not. Be slothful. Now, slothful, of course, means lazy. Right. Or passive. But this is saying don't be slothful or lazy, but followers of them who persevere, who endure, and are patient until they inherit the promises. 
We've got to stay active during times of waiting. We can't just sit there and be passive and do nothing. That's right. Like in my case, I'm still waiting for the manifestation of healing from blindness. I've gotten to the point where, as I think I said in a previous program, that uh, where I know that I've been healed because the Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. My mind has thankfully been, by the grace of God, it's been renewed to the point where uh, I fully believe that now, although maybe the healing hasn't manifested yet. And I'm still laying hands on my eyes and speaking to them and commanding them to see. But I can't afford to sit around doing just that day in, day out, without doing anything else for the Lord, because he's given me tools, gifts, and talents that he expects me to invest for his kingdom. So I can't be slothful. I have to keep busy and active, right? Absolutely right. So now let's see what it really means to endure according to the word. This was a major revelation for me. For a long time, I thought that to endure meant to just suffer through some problem or difficulty with gritted teeth and try to survive it. Right. But some time ago, my attention was drawn to, uh, and I'll just read this here. It was drawn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27, which says in the King James Version, talking about Moses, says, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, when I looked it up in the New International Version, the NIV, I found out that it said he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. And it's talking there about when Moses fled from Egypt after he uh, went and killed the Egyptian and had to flee for his life. Uh, This is something we'll see more about later. But um, he persevered through that whole 40-year time in the wilderness that uh, he spent after that. And he persevered and he kept his eyes on God. He didn't just endure and suffer through things, but he persevered. So to endure means to persevere and not give up. That's right. You see, it's human nature to expect things to happen instantaneously. Yes. Especially in this modern age with so much technology, instant messaging, instant food, instant coffee, etc. Many of us, myself included, are having to learn again and again how to wait, endure, persevere, right? Right. I've learned a lot lately about appropriating healing and using authority, etc. Now, patience is very important when it comes to applying all that. Because sometimes, especially when we're starting out on applying these things, we don't immediately see the manifestation of what we are speaking or commanding. Now, this is why we have to be willing to stand our ground, persevere and keep at it until we see results. Some people go about it praying and declaring that their miracle be made manifest by a certain date. Now, I really don't recommend this unless it's absolutely necessary. For instance, if you have paperwork that needs to come through by a certain day in order for you to remain in the country you live in, that's different. Your need is very specific and you have to pray accordingly. Right. But with something like healing, 
which is something that only God can do. It's something supernatural. It's best not to be limited to the manifestation coming on a certain date or time because the devil can really mess you up. In times like these, our faith and perseverance are being tested. And this is why Peter said that uh, the trying of our faith is more precious than gold, right? Right. It says uh, in First Peter 1.7 that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, right? Right. We can also expect to see wonderful manifestations in this life before the appearing of Jesus Christ too. We just have to be patient, even though we don't often see them immediately and it takes time. Now I'm going to share a specific example of this lesson I learned about not putting a specific date on a miracle that I was claiming and I'm still claiming. See, in 2017, about a month before Easter, that's when I received the revelation from God that he wanted me to be healed from blindness. And it was time for me to step out and appropriate that healing. That's when I started speaking to my eyes and uh, laying hands on them and commanding them to see. And um, I was encouraged because when I started doing that, I began to feel some occasional tinglings in my eyes that I had never felt before, which were a definite sign to me that God was working, right? Wow. And at that time, I was to make my first trip to Europe to see my girlfriend, and I wanted to be healed by that time. Right. I was scheduled to go in July. So I prayed and declared that I would be able to see by Easter. But Easter came and went, and I was still the same. Now, I was crushed, to say the least. I remember I quit talking to my girlfriend for about two days straight, not because I was upset with her directly or anything, but I don't know that I even talked to anyone at that time because I was just so crushed emotionally. I didn't feel like um, interacting with anybody. I understand. But my girlfriend knew what was up because this was something we had agreed together on that I be healed uh, by Easter. But she knew what was going on and she kept after me. She told me I needed to not get discouraged, but be patient and keep busy doing things for the Lord and others. And with hers and God's help, most of all, I did. And I'm still at it. Praise God. Praise God. So that's my lesson about avoiding setting dates for those kinds of miracles as much as possible. Like a candle in the night, it's nightlight. Now, the principle of running with patience can be applied very well to distance running. I'm sure we've got some of you listening who are or were in the past distance runners. I'm sure. Now, in my case, I've never actually ran in any marathons, but my dad took me out jogging when I was a teenager. He used to run cross-country track in the U.S. when he was younger. He taught me that in order to be able to endure without giving out, it was important for me to pace myself, which meant choosing a pace that was brisk enough to where I could get a good workout, yet manageable so I could maintain it for a long time instead of focusing on increased speed, which would wear me out quicker, right? Right. 
Now, our lives, both as Christians and in general, can be compared to marathons. We each go through different steps and stages. It's all a process, and we need to patiently endure and persevere through it step by step yes. without getting impatient when we don't get to where we'd like to be as quickly as we want to. It's like a vehicle that accelerates gradually. You don't go from zero miles per hour to, say, 60 or 70 in just one second. Because if you did, that would be a wreck, right? Right. It takes time. There are steps and stages. Now, um, would you like to read from Mark chapter 4, verse 28? This is where Jesus gives the parable of the growing seed. It says, Mark four twenty-eight: For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Right. You see that? The fruit isn't born instantaneously when the seed is put in the ground. Three stages are clearly described here, and they take time. You know, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. These, these three stages. So, some signs that we aren't running with patience are that we make hasty decisions we later regret. We get frustrated, we get short with people, we say hurtful things to them, and we get upset when our prayers aren't answered immediately, like I did in the instant I was just telling about. We become discontent with our day-to-day -day progress and we lose the joy of the Lord, or we jump ahead with trying to accomplish things before God's perfect timing. Now, this is what Moses did when he was visiting his people the Hebrews, while living in Egypt. Would you like to read from Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15? And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him that did the wrong, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me, as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. Thank you. Now, this is just a brief summary of what exactly happened there. Now, these verses don't tell us much about, in fact, they don't really tell us anything about why Moses killed the Egyptian. But let's go to Acts chapter 7, verses 23 through 25. Now, this is Stephen speaking, and he gives us a few more details. Stephen was the first Christian martyr who was speaking in his own defense at the synagogue right before they stoned him to death. He basically gives a summary of the entire Jewish history from Abraham to Jesus. And in these verses is what he has to say about Moses killing the Egyptian. 
And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they understood not. Thanks. So um, you see that? Uh, First, we find out exactly how old Moses was when he did this, which we don't see in the passage in Exodus. Uh, He was full 40 years old, right? Right. And we also discover why he did what he did. It says, for he supposed that his brethren would have understood how that God, by his hand, that is, by Moses' hand, would deliver them, but they understood not. Now, what is obvious here is that Moses knew God's calling for his life as the deliverer of his people. We don't know how it was revealed to him, but it is apparent from that last verse that he knew he was supposed to deliver his people from slavery. He thought the Hebrews were also aware of this, but apparently they were not. Now, There is evidence in the scripture, though it's a bit hidden, there's evidence in the scripture that by killing the Egyptian and consequently having to flee into the wilderness for 40 years, Moses delayed the exodus of his people about 30 years. Really? I never knew that. Here, let me show you. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 13 through 16, God is talking to Abraham about the future of his people. Now, Abraham is already in the promised land, but living in it with his family as a stranger, as a foreigner. He hadn't totally, uh, he wasn't governing it yet. Again, that's Genesis 15, verses 13 through 16, if you'd like to read it for us. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance, and thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. All right, exactly. So the Israelites were only supposed to be in Egypt 400 years, according to this prophecy. Right. Would you read to us from um, Exodus chapter 12, verses 40 and 41? This is right when the Israelites were released by Pharaoh and went out of Egypt. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years... Even the selfsame day it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Yes, you see that? Thank you. So um, I actually meant to start where it says, Now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. And then starts the verses that you just read, which also gives the same number, 430. So you see those this extra 30 years. Well, now let me start by saying this. If you subtract 40 from 430, you get 390, right? Right. So what this means is, at the time Moses went and killed the Egyptian, 
It was about the 390th year of what was supposed to be the 400-year period for the, the Israelites to live in Egypt. So Moses was at least 10 years premature in his effort to fulfill his calling and deliver his people. And because of his impatience, their deliverance was delayed another 40 years. Wow. You see that? Yeah. Wow. I never saw that before. That's, that's interesting. So the lesson there is that we can't speed up God's plans, but we can delay them if we're not careful. It's also true that being in the wilderness was beneficial for Moses, enabling God to mold him and shape his character. But even so, this story is a very clear example of the consequences of impatience. Nightlight Insights Now, in conclusion, let's go back to Hebrews 12 where it says, Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, in order to stay patient and endure, we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. If we don't, we'll lose heart. This is why it says in, would you like to read from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3? For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Exactly. Amen. So it's talking about Jesus there. Paul is elaborating on the importance of looking unto Jesus and considering what he went through because he endured a lot of what is said there is contradiction of sinners, a lot of mistreatment, a lot of difficulty and opposition. Remembering this will help us not be weary and faint in our minds, just like Jesus didn't let himself succumb to weariness and faintness in his mind. See, the devil often tries to, sh to throw thoughts at us that, oh, it's not worth it, I may as well give up. That's becoming faint in our minds. Right. But if we consider Jesus and keep our eyes on him, that's how we can avoid becoming faint in our minds. Yes. Now, Jesus walked this road before us, and he endured and persevered through worse circumstances than any of us triumphing in the end. Amen. So if we keep our eyes fixed on him and his word, we will be able to run with patience and endurance until we win the race. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. And our guest on Nightlight is Stephen Gilb, talking to us over Skype. That was a great Bible class, Steve. I learned a lot, including that it was Moses' impatience that delayed the exodus for 30 years. That was something I'm sure many of us were not aware of, but it's right there, as you showed us in the scripture. Steve, when you're teaching, it's hard to imagine that you're blind. How do you manage to prepare and teach these Bible classes so seamlessly? It's amazing. Yeah, I saw that question coming, and I'm thrilled to be able to answer it. Um, thankfully, there's a lot of technology available for folks like us, uh, screen reading technology that helps us um, be able to hear what's going on on the screen with digital voice. This technology aids me in the creating of documents. So I was able to create this class 
in a Word document with the help of the screen reader, which told me everything I was doing, uh, everything I was typing, all the buttons I was pressing, etc., and reads back to me what I type. And using this screen reader, I can also look up the different verses online and copy and paste them into the document. Amazing. And I have my computer hooked up to headphones, so, uh, I mean, I trust you're not hearing the digital screen reader through your Skype, are you? No, no, no. We can't hear it at all. <laughs> okay. And I'm repeating after it. That's the thing. Oh. Yeah. And, and on the few parts where I stumbled a bit, that's because I was losing my place a bit with some of the, or I wasn't keeping up properly with the text that I was okay. repeating after, and I had to catch up a bit. Yeah, that's, that's how I do this. Very interesting. Okay, Steve, thanks once again for coming on the show. You're welcome back anytime. And please, anything else you'd like to share before we close? I'd like to just say that uh, I hope this class was a blessing to all of you. And I just want to encourage you to keep meditating on the Word of God, especially the scriptures that uh, we read and that we looked at and explained in this class because they're very powerful. And patience is not something we can work up in the flesh. You know, just remember that. Uh, it's not something that we can try to have in our own effort. But it comes from lots of time spent meditating on the Word of God. Uh, remember that and keep on persevering and, and enduring. And you will see the fulfillment and manifestation of whatever it is you're believing for. If you have any thoughts or comments, then please do feel free to share them below or any testimonies of your own. This is Chris signing off now, and I'll be back soon with another international nightlight show. Bye for now. 